Hello, kittenators. Hello, you guys. <laughs> I need to stop. The American accent needs to be scrapped. Okay, I'm gonna try this episode to try not to do the American accent. Let's try that again. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to self-interrupted the top 20 romanian podcast yeah i'm your host kit costello thank you so much for coming back thank you so much for coming to the spring clean yourself episode today i'm going to be going through my tips on how i think that we can just like give ourselves a bit of a spring clean it's currently spring and famously i love spring i do it's true spring is a season that you know it's just new life is born and i feel like in the season of spring the children need to just clean themselves and almost just like be reborn so we're going to be getting into that this episode however before we get into the topic at hand you guys know i love to do a little catch up catch you guys up on what's been going on in my week it's famous at this point no it is it's true so let's get into the weekly catch up First of all, how are you? How are you, bestie? I feel like I never really ask you guys how you are. You can always type away what's been going on in your week on my website, kickofmeinteresting.com, in the podcast tab, and I'll read it out in the next episode. As for my week, this week I had my tooth shaved down. Mm-hmm. A moment of silence, please. Yeah, I had my tooth shaved down. Now, if you don't know, I famously got Invisalign. Invisalign, if you don't know, it's like invisible braces. Now, let's just spill the real tea. They're not invisible. As soon as I got Invisalign, people were like, oh, you got Invisalign. I was like, well, how do you know? I've paid thousands for it to look invisible. The reason as to why they're not invisible is because you have these like little attachments that are on your teeth that look like almost like little baby mountains on your teeth that allow the tracks, the little braces to like attach. Invisalign, like, like over months, the braces start to form to like perfectly straight teeth. Now, this is what I had hoped for. I had hoped that my teeth would be perfectly straight by the end of my course. It's what I paid thousands of pounds for. Comes to the end of my six month course back in December, I'm screaming. I'm like, my teeth are not perfectly straight. The one that was the problematic tooth at the front is still like poking up. Yeah, it's straightened, but bitch, it's tall. Like, why is she so tall? Anyway, I then have to wait three months because after you get Invisalign, basically you have to then get a retainer, wear it every single day for three months so that you're the anatomy of your tooth basically hardens so that it gets used to that. I think. God, I'm not a scientist. You think I'd perform in the art of dentistry? No. I'm a podcaster, a TikToker, and a model. Like, I'm completely far from it, babe. Anyway, I then go back after I've worn my retainer now for three months, and mama, the tooth is still out here being tall and kind of crooked. So I booked an appointment to go in and just see what they had to do. I didn't want to have to do like another course of Invisalign because that's kind of long, but I got there and they were like, no, your teeth are perfectly straight, but it's just the anatomy me of your tooth it's just a tall tooth do you want us to shave it down and i said yeah bitch get the razor so anyway i'm sitting in the chair i hear a i start screaming imagine now before i actually i don't really i don't think i've talked about invisalign i was gonna do a whole episode on invisalign when i first started the podcast and i was like that is so unnecessary like imagine me sitting and talking for 30 minutes about my invisalign experience i mean it could be kind of funny i don't know anyway the problematic tooth for me was the front one like i said it was like really far back but really tall all of my front teeth were like overcrowded anyways long story short when I first got the Invisalign, they had to shave down the middle of my teeth so that they would slot in together perfectly. It was disgusting. It was the most uncomfortable, like not pain, but like uncomfortable sensation and feeling because I felt a razor in the middle of my teeth and you could just feel like 
pressure building. If she just like, if that razor was held in there for a couple more seconds, I'd be screaming in pain. Yeah, it was bad. So I was really scared that that was gonna happen this time with like, you know, shaving down the tooth, but it was fine. It kind of smells like burning hair. Okay, so imagine me sitting in a chair, my tooth being shaved down, smelling burning hair. It was bad for me. Anyway, I look in the mirror, it's straight perfect. I start screaming. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I wanted. It was great. Honestly, euphoric moment. But now I know that I have to have a wire attached to the back of my teeth now. Christ, not the robot era, please. I mean, is it going to go off during like airport security? Not that I've ever been on a plane, but like, will it? I don't know. Do I have to like preface? Hey, bestie, I have a wire attached to the back of my front teeth. Let me on the plane, please. But yeah, I mean, that's just more money, which is not the biggest sleigh in the world. So I'd learned that I had to get a brace at the back of my teeth. And I'm planning on getting that maybe at the end of next month, which, oh, famously next month, I have jury duty, please. Literally ruining every single schedule I have. I've had to push back shoots because in May, London College of Fashion and Central St. Martins have their final showcase. So there's so much work to be had, especially as like a freelance model. Like so many like students want models to work for them. And I'm just like, bestie, I can work, but after court hours because I'm in my court hearing. But that's kind of like, the, the big, big drama. Oh, my dog's barking. Please, Humphrey, stop. My dog, Humphrey is such a barker. Sorry, I'm kind of going on a ramble. I love catching you guys up on what's been going on. So pardon me if I'm kind of like blabbering on, but that was the big drama of last week. Some more exciting stuff is that a Lidl opened near us. Now, if you don't know what a Lidl is, it's basically a store where they kind of sell items at affordable prices, let's say, and they famously have products that knock off branded products, but they taste somewhat the same. So I'm in my money saving era. I'm gonna be going to Lidl. It was great. It was a great time, but I got tofu. Like, a massive block of tofu for like one pound. It was insane. Such a euphoric experience. And honestly, it kind of reminded me of the shops in Paris, which kind of makes sense because I think Lidl originally is like a European supermarket. So I don't know, maybe there's some kind of connection there. It was really, really fun. A great experience at Lidl, but I bought hot cross buns. You guys, it's spring. It's spring. Okay. It's Easter Sunday tomorrow. I'm recording this on Saturday. Now on Easter Sunday, if you don't know, I don't know if this is like a worldwide thing. We have hot cross buns. Now a hot cross bun is basically like, a, imagine like a burger bun, but it's kind of sweet and it has like a, a cross on the top and it has like raisins and sultanas in it. That is the premise of a hot cross bun. Now for me, a hot cross bun, I'm going to slather it in butter. I don't care. I don't care. You can, you can make a disgusted sound, honey. I'm going to slather my hot cross bun toasted in butter. It's great. It's so nice. So comforting. And I actually, while I was making them the other day, because I did have a plenty, a plentiful of hot cross buns. While I was having them the other day, I remembered at Catholic school, when it was Easter time, we would be given a half a hot cross bun with butter on after like assembly. So rogue, like what a random time to be alive. But also speaking about Easter, Easter eggs. I've eaten all my Easter eggs and it's not even Easter Sunday yet. I don't know. I don't know what that has to say about me. I, 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 I ate them all. It was so good. I feel like this is the first year that the children in my family are understanding vegan Easter eggs. Because normally I get an alternative. Now let me tell you about the alternatives I've got before. I've got like gluten-free brownies that weren't dairy-free, so I couldn't eat them still. I really appreciate the sentiment because I am gluten-free and dairy-free. So imagine people trying to buy chocolate for me. Like it's bad for them. But I, I was just Easter Sunday. I wanted chocolate. I did, but I couldn't have it because it had gluten in. Because they bought me brownies as an alternative. I've got sweets as an alternative which is always a good one. But I feel like this is the first year where the children are understanding and grasping onto the fact that vegan chocolate eggs exist. I did buy myself an egg and it was really yummy. I love Easter eggs. I bloody love Easter. Famously, Easter is my favorite holiday. 
it's kind of a hot take, but it, 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 it is. Let me be honest. While I was eating my Easter eggs, I was organizing shoots. I have been organizing this one specific shoot, you guys, for like two months now. Me and the photographer just can't find a date where we're both available, which is totally like normal, but... I've also got a stylist involved and the stylist hasn't gone back to me at certain points. So it's just been like so chaotic. And now that I have jury duty coming up, I'm like, we need to set a date. I'm going to scream. But I've just been going back and forth all week with this photographer. Our emails, dude, I just can't with emails. I got an email the other day after I came in from a shoot from my agency and they were like, urgent, urgent. Here's a self tape. You need to do the self tape within the hour. I saw it two hours too pissing late. There I was eight o'clock at night doing a self tape that was due in at 5 p.m. Anyway, I sent it in and my manager was like, this is a great self tape. This is so professionally done. And I was like, yeah, just come in from a shoot, done a self tape. I'm a professional diva. I am. No, it's true. But yeah, this week has kind of just been like indulging in the festivities of Easter, sending emails, got our tooth shaved down. We went to Lidl. We had hot cross buns. We had Easter eggs. We sent emails um, and we organized some shoots. It's been somewhat of a jam packed week. But anyway, that was the catch up of this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. But let's get on to learning how to spring clean yourself. So I came up with the idea of this topic because I really love that in spring, it feels like the year is starting again. Personally, I feel like winter at the beginning of the year, it's just giving like the end of last year. I feel like the new year should start in spring because it's new. The leaves are growing on the trees. The bunnies are having bunny rabbits. They're having their children. It's just the birth of the new year. I feel like, you know, back in the day, they messed up. Something was completely wrong and miscalculated because the year should be starting right about now, not back in Miss January when it's bleak, cold and winter. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, I also love doing episode topics that you guys can get involved in, in the sense that you can come away from the episode learning something. Like it's not just about me. You're not just learning kit law. It's something that's interesting and inspiring to you guys. Well, hopefully anyway. I was at work today on the farm. Famously, I have a Saturday job on the farm. No, it's true. It's true. And I have several points here that I want to indulge you guys into. So I have six points, which are learning to let go, learning to unplug, learning to organize, learning to romanticize simple things, learning to have a light schedule and learning new hobbies or rediscovering old ones, which I think is really cute. And we're going to be going into each subtopic now. So let's start with learning to let go. When it's spring, like I said, I feel like it's the start of the year. So I don't want to be thinking about the stuff that I was doing in the past year in the sense that I don't want to be holding stuff, holding stuff against myself that maybe I did. Like even even just like really small things like stuff that I did that was cringy. Maybe I said something out of turn in a conversation and I've been holding it against myself ever since I said it last year. Babe, leave it in the past. It's unnecessary. Why are we still thinking about that in spring? Babe, we need to forgive ourselves. Also, it's about letting go of relationships that aren't serving you anymore. Now, kind of a hot take, not gonna lie. I mean, any kind of discussion around like letting go of relationships that don't serve you anymore, I think is kind of not 
controversial. I think it's much easier said than done, you know, letting go of a relationship because it, I mean, relationships are so, um, the lines are so blurred and like what a relationship means to you. Like it could be a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a friend of 10 years, or it could be a new friend that you made that you're just not vibing with anymore. And letting go of each of those relationships, it like is so different, you know what I mean? So that's why I say it's kind of controversial to say like, let go of those friendships. Just don't put too much energy into those. I find that personally, when I have friendships or relationships, I tend to put so much energy into them. I even put energy into them when that person is not serving me that energy back. I think it's important to look into your catalogue of friends and relationships and kind of see where the imbalance is coming from and see which ones are serving you and which ones aren't. Because personally, I think it's lovely to let go of friends that just maybe haven't spoken to in a while or friends that you're trying your best to cling on to, but they're just not putting in that time for you, letting go of them and then putting the energy that you're putting into them, into your current friendships, into the people that actually care about you, into the people that are giving you that energy back to you, you know? I think that's so important. And I think especially in the era of spring, let's call it the spring era, the spring cleaning era. I think it's so important because you're entering a new part of yourself. You're entering your new life. Because if you think about it, spring is like, there's so much new life is born. So that's why I love the idea of spring cleaning. And I think I subconsciously kind of do it every year to be honest, which is why I really wanted to do an episode on it because I don't know, I just think it's really important. It's a nice way to start off your year, especially because during spring and summer, I feel like that's really when like everything starts getting to getting going, you know? I feel like in winter, I'm very reclused, personally. But in the spring, like, bitch, I'm out there. I'm out in the streets of London, walking around, slaying, and I wanna have, like, positive energy around me and, like, good vibes, you know? So for me, I don't wanna be thinking while I'm out in London, oh my gosh, maybe I should contact this person that I haven't spoken to in months so that maybe we can meet up and maybe we can rekindle this. Like, babe, leave it in the past. If it comes up in a couple of months, they text you, yeah, sure. But, like, don't try and, like, think about rekindling that if they're not putting that energy into a relationship that you are trying to like foster. Personally, that's what I would say in letting go. Also trying to let go of like anxious thoughts. Anxious thoughts that you've been having, again, so much easier said than done, but just letting go of that kind of stuff mentally as well. And just trying to like debrief what's going on in your head. A nice way of doing this is kind of like journaling. But for me, I don't really journal. I journal as if like, it's like a narration of my life or I'm writing to a best friend. I'm like, hey bestie, so this is what's been going on today. I kind of journal as if I'm podcasting, honestly. I do think that my podcast is my journal in a sense, which I think is kind of sweet. In terms of writing out your anxious thoughts, it's really important because it just gets it out onto paper. And even if you're not telling someone, you're kind of just getting it out there and it's real and it's not just in your head it's just like, it's tangible, you know, it's in your hands. You don't have to aesthetically journal. You can just like scribble out on a like A4 piece of paper what you're feeling, what is actually making you anxious. Like really try and like sit with yourself and find out like what is making me stay up at night? What's making me anxious? And then just let go of it. Burn it, bitch. Throw it in the bin. Get rid of it. And even just like that act of starting to try and let go of that, it's like a step forward. But letting go can kind of be an umbrella term. You can let go of the anxious thoughts that you've been having. You can let go of the people in your life that aren't serving you. You can let go of the embarrassing moments that are keeping you up at night. You know, just let go of them. The past is in the past. Spring is all about being reborn. You don't need to think about like what's been going on. Think about what's going to go on. Let's move on to learning to unplug. In terms of unplug, I mean like from social media and technology. This is such a hard one for me. I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys. Like I really try and take myself away from social media and 
from technology in general, but I find that it kind of is an, a mind number for me. I find myself just scrolling through TikTok, scrolling on Instagram, because maybe I'm anxious, maybe I don't wanna reply to emails, maybe I want to just pass some time. So for me, I find it really hard to kind of disconnect from social media because I, I kind of use it as a crutch sometimes in my life. But a way that I have successfully kind of limited myself on social media and technology in the past is using my nine to five system. When I realized that I wanted to do social media, not professionally, but like really kind of pursue it, you know, doing TikTok, doing this podcast, etc. I kind of implemented this system, which is the nine to five system, the nine to five routine. I thought to myself one day, like, if I'm going to do this as a job, I want to have this in place because the children that are going to office jobs, they're working nine to five. What a way to make a living, Dolly Parton tease. So I'm going to do that too. I find myself recently, recently, emphasis on recently, literally this morning, me half five in the morning on TikTok, on Twitter. What am I doing that for? And even waiting until 9 a.m. I know it still seems so early, but even 9 a.m., you can just have that hour or two just to like wake up and just like come around, bitch, because I go to bed while watching a TV show on my laptop, close it, go to sleep, wake up, and I'm straight on my phone again. That is not healthy, bestie. Like, that is not okay. So implementing a nine-to-five system, you wake up, go on your phone at nine if you need to. Then when it hits 5 p.m., you close that shit down. You go downstairs, maybe you watch something on the TV instead of watching it on your laptop, which I think is like, so much better. I remember I was in like an addictive viewing episode of watching Gilmore Girls and I found myself just staring at my laptop screen, staring at Gilmore Girls. But if I just went downstairs, I felt so much better because first of all, you kind of have that community. I live with my family. So I kind of had that like community sense that I was downstairs with my family, with my dog. I felt like I was communicating with them. And also you see, you know, You're in a different surrounding than just your bedroom. You're downstairs. You have a different view outside those windows. I know it sounds so simple, but those kind of things just like, they they clean that little part of your brain and they just, they kind of dust it off. So you're not just staring at your phone or staring at a screen, laying in the same position for hours and hours on end. I find myself doing that because I make most of my TikToks in my bedroom. When I'm doing that, I'm editing them in my bedroom. Then I'm re-watching them in my bedroom. Then I'm posting them in my bedroom. And then I'm seeing how they're doing in my bedroom. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just like constantly just sitting and kind of like just wasting away in your bedroom when you could just film the TikTok, edit it, watch it over, upload it, leave, close that door. And also just like kind of mastering the skill of scrolling once and going off knowing when you're done because I feel like naturally sometimes I do come off of social media but then I don't turn off my phone I kind of swipe on my home screen a couple of times like I don't know if you guys do this but I'll come off the app right I'm now looking at my home screen maybe I'm like a couple pages over to where my apps are I'll scroll back over to like the first page of apps and then I'll scroll back to the second page of apps click on TikTok again and then just re-scroll on TikTok and I feel like me initially coming off of that app is my mind telling me to like come off of my phone even though naturally I don't think your mind is doing that because we're not naturally programmed to like be on our phones at all you know but I think it's just important to kind of learn the signs and the indicators to like just come off it's hard to do because it's kind of addictive when you're on TikTok and you see a video and it's bringing you joy it's kind of like instant serotonin so you're instantly like scrolling to try and find a video that will match that so I think it's important to just know when you're done scrolling as well Um, and also trying to find something to replace that whether it's a book a hobby, like a musical instrument, or 
even just like going for a walk. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I need to put my phone down and take the dog for a walk. Even if it's something simple as that, just to break it up, doing like little mundane things that just like trigger your brain to knowing, okay, I'm done with social media. I'm going to go and do this now. Instead of saying, I'm done with social media. I'm going to scroll on my homepage for a bit and then go straight back onto social media. Also setting timers on apps is a really good thing. If you don't know on your iPhone, you can set like limits. So I know in the past I've had like 15 minutes limits on Instagram and on TikTok. There is, however, the option to increase the time that you have on that limit. And then there's also the option to ignore it. And most of the time, I'm not going to lie, like I'm ignoring the limit. Like, bitch, if I'm in a viewing era, I'm going to be viewing the TikToks, you know, it's true. I think taking those limits as a sign to just get off, but also thinking about your past self who set those timers for a reason. Like you set them with the intention to get off of your phone. So just think about your past self in that moment and be like, actually, no, they wouldn't want me doing that. Just get off. It's not that hard. Even if it's for 10 minutes, go and do something or even going to listen to a podcast hey listen listen maybe you can listen to a little bit of self-interrupted honey that's not that's not staring at a screen this isn't a video podcast that's all i really have for the topic of unplugging but i think this is actually a really important one not just for spring because recently I just, I've been flopping on this game. I really have. I've been flopping and I really feel like I need a spring clean myself, which is why I wanted to do this episode so that it kind of gives me a kick up the arse to do it because I find myself in a bit of a slump at the moment and I want to get out of it. And I think it's also nice to kind of think of yourself as something, oh, this is so deep, but something worth cleaning, like something worth shedding a skin and moving on. Damn, sorry to get like really deep, but it's nice to know that you're worth a sense of newity, newity, newity bit. Like, no, let me make a word. Let me make a sense of newity. Actually, can we normalize just making up words? Like you bitches understand what I'm trying to say. And newity is such a sleigh. Like it's giving newity. Hmm. Yeah, that's adding to the Kit Costello cinematic universe dictionary, the KCCU. D. Anyway, that was learning to unplug. Let's move on to learning to organize. I'm an organizing diva. Let me be honest right now. If I know something's organized, I'm happy because I find that stuff that's unorganized gives me an underlying sense of anxiety. I like to know that everything's in order and everything's in place. And this can be as simple as your devices, like your phone, your laptop, cleaning those out, organizing them. Because let me tell you, let me tell you right now. See now, why are there 7,000 photos on my phone? That is not, no, I don't even care if I'm a model. That's unnecessary, babe. I'm kind of like tempted to just like delete them all, bitch. I don't look at them. I think it's all fun and games to think like, oh, I have these memories, but like, ugh, move on. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, but sometimes there's just so many memories that I just look back and I, you know, I dwell on some of them. I'm happy about them. And then I get sad that I'm not as happy as I was back in that day. Do you know what I mean? But going through those and just deleting certain ones that maybe are just like stupid photos, screenshots you accidentally took, or just like photos of friends that you don't talk to anymore, exes, etc., etc. Deleting those off of your phone is great because I feel like just holding that energy on your phone is not the best vibe. Also just the idea of seeing the number, like imagine like 2000 photos about to be deleted off of your camera roll. Like visualize that. There's something like so satisfying about that. It just feels clean. And then not only going through that, going through your voice memos, going through the apps. Dude, honestly, going through my Spotify, the liked songs, I don't know about you guys, but I like shuffle my liked songs and they're songs that I was liking back in 2018. I'm not listening to those songs anymore. So I think like unliking those as well. For stuff like this, you need to be taking like a couple of days to do it. Almost like a 
weekend, taking time to just organize because not only are you organizing your devices, also organizing like money. I know, triggering, trigger alert. I find money really stressful. I hate talking about money. I hate thinking about money. I just, I don't like it. I don't like looking at my bank account. <laughs> I get really stressed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to be making more money. Why am I making more money? You know, sometimes I'm thinking, oh, I thought I was gonna have more money in my bank account today. But I think not budgeting, but looking at the money that you have and thinking, okay, I, kn I know I have that money. I know it sounds so stupid, but just like almost organizing that money in your head, thinking, oh, okay, I can go out for a few dinners this month. Or maybe I want to sell some more clothes on Depop or Vinted so that I can make some more money so that I can go and have those dinners and celebrate with friends. I get into a habit of not looking at my bank account because I get kind of stressed. I'm not going to lie. But I think just being honest with yourself, looking at that and thinking, you know, what? I don't have this much money at the moment. I can't treat myself to this, but I can treat myself to that. I don't know. It's something that I feel it kind of just like cleanses me. Moving on to sorting out clothes. Now, sorting out clothes is a massive one because if you think about it, every single day you're looking in your wardrobe and if it's a mess, honey, you're going to know about it and that's going to stress you out. So if there's clothes that you just don't resonate with anymore if it's not sparking you joy donate it sell it make it into something new i've done it with plenty of pieces of clothing where i just haven't found joy in those pieces anymore and i've like cut them up i've cut holes in them i've cropped them and then it's become like a favorite piece of clothing for me it really has and Getting rid of clothing is so satisfying. When you have like black bins that are being taken to the charity shop, oh my gosh, it's incredible. And I'm not one of those people that gets rid of clothes and automatically thinks like, oh, I'm gonna get new clothes now. Like that's not what I'm doing. I'm getting rid of clothes and trying to just like, like the ones that I have for a bit because bitch, clothes are so expensive. I really wanna get into upcycling my clothes. I have a sewing machine and I really wanna learn how to use that to my full advantage. Like even if it's just like tailoring in some stuff, just practicing that kind of stuff, making some something out of something that you necessarily wouldn't wear anymore. It's just so inspiring. That is what I would say to learning to organize. Let's move on to learning to romanticize the simple things. So let me tell you about my romanticized nighttime routine that I've been doing recently. Let's say it's around nine o'clock. I'm thinking, okay, bestie, it's time to get to bedtime. Now for bedtime for me at the moment, I mean get into bed and watch a film, which isn't good and we will be stopping that. I want to replace that with a book. So let's just imagine I'm getting to bed and I'm reading a book. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so let's say it's nine o'clock. All the lights in my room are on. The room's slightly messy, not crazy, but the bed's unmade, right? I get out of bed because I've probably been in bed just relaxing, scrolling on TikTok or reading my book. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I'll get out of bed. I'll make my bed. Once I've made my bed, I turn off the big light and I put the little, the, the cute little side lamps on. Okay. My room is now vibey. I get my hot water bottle. Yeah, a hot water bottle is key. If you don't have a hot water bottle, get one immediately. Okay, it's great. They made me feel so comforted. I fill it up in the bath with hot water. I bring it back into my freshly made bed and I put it under the covers so that when I get into my bed, it's nice and toasty and hot and warm. Oh my gosh, I'm a scientist. I'm a genius. I know it's true. Then I light my candle. I go downstairs. I refill my bottles. I have two big like liter bottles that I fill with water. And then I put those in the fridge for the next day so that when I wake up, I can have my liter of water in the morning. I wash my face. I brush my teeth. I then go back upstairs, get into my warm toasty bed thanks to the hot water bottle. I turn off the side lights. 
I keep the candle on while I'm watching a movie slash now I'm going to be reading my book. Then when I think it's time, I close my laptop slash close my book, blow out the candle, hug my little water bottle and I get to step in and I get to sleep. Girl, it's just so much more romanticized than let's rewind. We're back to me laying on my bed, just watching TikTok. Big light is on. I haven't made my bed. Let's say I just got up didn't make my bed, I went downstairs, washed my face, brushed my teeth, got straight back into bed, turned off the big light. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so much more chaotic and just, like, not nice for my senses. Like, I want to feel like I'm winding down. And I think that's just important to romanticize those little things. Now, this doesn't just apply to nighttime. It can apply to just, like, little things that you do in the day. So, for example, if I'm taking my dog for a walk, sometimes I'll put on a Studio Ghibli soundtrack in the background. It's so nice to just walk to. And it really makes you appreciate the little things that you'll find on your walk because you're like, oh bitch, I'm in a Studio Ghibli movie. No, I am, it's true. Sometimes I find that songs with words can be very jarring because most of the time I'm trying to connect those songs to my life. So I'm thinking about people in my past that have done me wrong, especially if it's like a Taylor Swift song. I'm thinking, Christ, a boy that has done me wrong in the past. How can I relate to this song? Whereas if it's just a soundtrack, and I mean just like an instrumental soundtrack, it's nice because it's more of you just present in the moment, but it's a more romanticized version of that because, you know, you're just, you're you're quick stepping, you're doing your little one-two step, but you have like a little bit of a soundtrack in the background. It just feels cute. Romanticized can also mean just taking a little longer to cook your food, chopping those vegetables slightly smaller, making them cuter. And you could be listening to your little soundtrack while making your food. Yes, I know that this all takes time and not everyone has time to be doing this. I'm very aware. But like maybe in the weekend, you can just have this time to wind down and dedicate it to yourself. Oh my gosh, you know, actually, let me tell you one thing. I remember in the lockdown, I was romanticizing my life so much because if I didn't, I would have been in the trenches. Let's just call it what it is. And I remember one night I made a fort. I was 19 and I made a fort. It was so cute. I watched First Wives Club, which is a film, and I got tons of little snacks and I had a little movie night by myself. And it was great. So romanticizing your life doesn't mean you're gonna travel the world spontaneously. Let's move on to learning to have a light schedule. I wanna emphasize the word light. I find that when I've tried in the past to have a schedule, it freaks me out if I don't meet the schedule that I have made. So I remember back in the day when I was doing my GCSEs and A-levels, I would have schedules for me to revise. It would be like revise, cook dinner, eat food, watch something, revise. When I wasn't hitting those points, I would get really freaked out because I do quite like structure, which is why I'm kind of saying have a schedule. But this is why I'm saying make it light because you just don't want to go into this reborn version of yourself and punish yourself for not meeting the schedule. Now by a light schedule, I just mean like, for me, my schedule at the moment is waking up, drinking my water, playing with my dog, going to the gym, maybe going to the shops here and there, coming back home. It just gives your day structure, especially for me who's like self-employed. Otherwise, I would just sit in bed and wait for a job to come along and go, I'm not gonna do that. I wanna feel like I'm productive. I wanna feel like I'm doing something, which is why I find that having a look a little bit of a schedule makes me feel good. And by schedule, you can add times to this. I like to try and get to the gym by 10 o'clock. I like to then work out for maybe 30 minutes to an hour. Just don't put too much pressure on yourself and these ideas that you have for your schedule. Otherwise, you're just gonna get like freaked out. Again, you can schedule in some of the points that I have made beforehand. So for example, like romanticizing, you can go for a walk. I think it's just 
nice to add those little times to it because it make it almost makes me do it to be honest because sometimes if I say to myself oh I want to do this today and I don't set a time or even like visualize it in my head for what time and what part of the day I'm going to do it I end up not doing it but if I think okay I'm going to take the dog for a walk after I have my shower so that my hair can dry in the wind like it's as simple as that so that's what I would say learning to have a light schedule is let's move on to the last learning activity which is learning new hobbies or rediscovering old ones okay so as for hobbies girl let me tell you let me tell you right now when i meet a new person in my life a new character let's say and they come up to me and they say oh so what do you do what are your hobbies i start screaming don't ever don't ever ask me what my hobbies are no because i don't know i don't know i get like first of all very personal question i don't know is that just me i'm very guarded with my hobbies it's personal to me mama mind your beeswax you heard your beeswax why don't you mind it i've been watching so much kath and kim if you guys have watched kath and kim i've been like obsessed with it these past few days anyway instead of a american accent i'm gonna start doing an australian one kidding i find that with hobbies i get not offended when people ask me like what are my hobbies but i get a bit like oh my gosh taken aback and i'm thinking oh shit like what do i do And then I go into this existential crisis where I'm like, I don't do anything other than modeling. I live to work. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, kid, let's relax. But recently I've been rediscovering my old hobbies. I have been baking recently. I made cookies the other day, which were so yummy. But when I made them the other day, I don't know, something kind of like lit up inside of me. And I was like, oh, I can still do this. Also something I've been getting back into is playing guitar and writing songs. I forgot how much I used to write songs in the pandemic. Honestly, I think I used to write like a song a day and I got, I wouldn't say I got like pretty good at it because you know, a good songwriter to me is Taylor Swift. So I was pretty shit at it in comparison to her. I got pretty used to the idea of writing songs and I've fallen out of that in recent months, let's say, but I really wanted to get back into it recently. So I was like, let me pick up my guitar and let me get to writing. When I'm writing my own songs, it's also therapeutic because I've been writing songs since I was like eight years old. I wasn't even writing them when I was younger to have like a number one hit. I was writing them for myself. And I think just going back into those hobbies, it's also kind of tapping into your inner child. I mean, spring is about being born again and almost being born back into yourself and your younger child self. Maybe I need to stretch because that's a bit of a reach. I don't know. Finding hobbies that you love and getting in touch with old hobbies that you used to do is really fun because it just reignites the spark in you. I don't know why I'm kind of picturing like an old lawnmower right now. You know when it takes a while to like start up that lawnmower? I feel like before the spring clean that you have, it's like taking a while. But with each step, it gets easier and easier and easier to start that lawnmower. And eventually, you'll be mowing the grass in no time. But those are my learning lessons on how to give yourself a spring clean. I really hope you've enjoyed this. And I hope that you've come away from this episode learning something. The recommendation that I have for this episode is very niche. Let me be honest. It's MS gluten-free hot cross buns. I know, like don't, don't, don't at me, okay? I realize that this podcast kind of, it goes, this this podcast is worldwide. I don't think that everyone that's listened to this podcast can actually access an MS, but oh my gosh, an MS is great. Let me be honest. It is extremely expensive and I barely ever shop there because 
it's crazy money, but girl, it's worth it for these gluten-free hot cross buns. Now, listen, children, I'm a gluten-free child, okay? I find that when I find something that's gluten-free and actually edible, I'm gonna be eating it, and I'm gonna be telling you children that you need to eat it too. Now, these hot cross buns are incredible because they have so many sultanas and raisins in, and I know that some of you are already turned off of that, but they're just so nice, and they're so well-made, but also, like, can I talk about something real quick? If you don't have hot cross buns in your country, First of all, get to step in and making them. Okay, I'm serious. They're so yummy. But also, for the children that do, when you put those in your toaster, oh, maybe I shouldn't be putting them in my toaster. Yeah, of course you put them in your toaster. Don't be silly, right? I don't know. Tell me why smoke is coming out. Like, that shouldn't be happening, right? I don't know. Like, whenever I have a hot cross bun in the toaster, I'm thinking, oh, the house is going to set on fire. A smoke alarm is going to go off and I'm not prepared. But anyway, that is my recommendation of the week. I hope that you can either make a hot cross bun where you are or you can go and pick up a hot cross bun where you are. Let's move on to the question of the week, which is, are you excited for summer? Yes, I am. I'm very excited for hot weather. Let me be honest. That's a bit of a stretch saying hot weather when I actually live in England. I mean, last year, girl, 40 degree heat. But yes, I'm very excited for summer. I'm excited for the farm during summer. I love the farm during summer. It's just like peak nostalgia for me because it's harvest and the combine harvest is going. I live such a double life, you guys. Not me being like a fashion model, a runway model, and then coming back home and watching the combine harvester on the fields. Like it's crazy. But yes, I am very excited for summer. But other than that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you have, please rate it on Spotify or anywhere else that you are listening to this podcast. I would appreciate it so much. You can send in your questions and your story times for this podcast on kickcanbeinteresting.com in the podcast tab and I will read them out or answer them. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at kit.costello. But other than that, I'm sending you so much love. As always, Kit. <laughs>